What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a fucking bitch, man. Well, I'm proud to be an American where I'm free to believe what I want, unless you disagree, where everyone is presumed innocent, unless you're a person of color. Where we believe in freedom of choice, unless you're gay or female. Where you won't face religious persecution, as long as you agree that we're a Christian nation. Where everyone's equal, but the rich obviously deserve better education, healthcare, lawyers, and reduced taxes. Where our right to bear arms is more important than the lives and safety of our children. Where we value democracy. Unless the vote doesn't go our way, I have to say, I'm proud to be an American. What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of, you guessed it, the best podcast in the world, Perception is a fucking bitch, man. What's up, bitches? <laughs> 2021 has begun, and I hate to tell you, she's no different than her cousin 2020. <laughs> shit and, never changes, man. Like it's, it's different variations of the same shit just over and over. In fact, when 2021 showed up on the first day of work, 2020 was like, let me show you around this motherfucker. <laughs> Here's the break group. Here are the other employees. Over there is 1999. You remember her? Yeah, that was the dot-com bubble. Shit didn't go right. You know, nope. like 2020 showing 2021 around the workplace, and I am looking like it is not good. Not looking good, y'all. Folks, not looking good. Folks invading the Capitol in the United it's States of scary America right now. It's it really is like it's it's been scary. I mean, it's just one thing after the next, though, adding on, and it just feels like it's not ever going to stop. America's starting to look like what I experienced in Africa. Yeah, and I'm looking like I expected more. <laughs> I expected better. <laughs> this is not why I came. I thought people in America were different, and now we I'm starting evolved. to find. Yeah, like they were just Americans were just these evolved species. Yeah, we had our shit together somehow. Somehow, when God was creating the earth, He gave America like a little extra love, a like little these, sprinkle of hope. These fuckers, I'm gonna make them different. Yeah. I'm gonna make them special. Some ideals. And then I got here, and I realized, nope. They're just as fucked up as the rest of us. (laughs) Same shit. Better propaganda. (laughs) Better advertising. (laughs) Same shit. So where I'm, you know, slightly narcissist and I'm browsing through uh, YouTube the other day. Well, like we before you get into that, I think it's important to say that we've been talking about perception for how many years now? Eight. I I lost count at this point. It's It's been pushing a a decade. Um, and one of your first TED talks was perception is the root of all evil. Yep. And I think that's important to to notate here because a lot of the people, and I, I know based on our intro, we're talking about America today and, and the storming the Capitol and how this is fucked up and weird. Perception is crazy right now. But it's important to really emphasize that this is a human problem. This is not just an American problem. This is not just a now problem. This is forever. Every war, every 
conflict, every strife or misunderstanding, the root is in perception. This is the human is why, condition. Which is why you say perception is the root of all evil. You're not saying perception is evil, but through perception, evil is created. Right. Evil cannot come into existence without perception. Yes. So there are many philosophers throughout time mm-hmm. who've talked about the human condition and what it means to be human, mm-hmm. how, how, how fucked up being human is. Yeah. And we're saying the same thing, right? Like, Just different branding, different, different marketing it's, again. <laughs> it's just perception is the problem with being a human being. Yeah. It, it's, it's layered into everything, everything we think and do and all of our perceptions. It, and it leads to these moments of great conflict and strife. So we were browsing um, or stumbled upon a comment the other day on your YouTube uh, TED Talk, the perception is the root of all Don't evil. Don't remind me I did a TED Talk. <laughs> I'm, probably I'm the, proud of you. I'm probably the only person who's given a TED Talk who's not rich, famous yet. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. Um, <laughs> somehow, somehow, it was my perception that when I did a TED Talk, you know. You were going to skyrocket. I'll be, on, I'll be on the news. People Oprah's would know who I am. you on her show. Yeah, my ideas would be so revolutionary. Sorry, you're just stuck with me. Motherfuckers would be eating out my ass, but. Well, I tried that. You won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, you said no go on that one, so that's your fault. <laughs> that's our private life. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, so Get you this, back on topic. <laughs> there was this great uh, comment that someone posted on it the other day saying, I just stumbled upon this today, three days post-insurrection storm the Capitol, and the U.S. needs this message right now. I wish we could all take a breather. And take to heart the info you have presented here. It diffused so much of the anxiety and judgment that I have been feeling in light of current events. And motivates me to eagerly engage in actions that will contribute to a healthier society. Versus simply lashing out at others out of extreme frustration. So powerful. Thank you. So honestly, like you can't get a a better comment than that that was that was that, really that, that made me feel good that mm-hmm. that validated my ideas and let me know that i wasn't too far off crazy and left field but, <laughs> but it really inspired me too because it that's what really inspired this conversation today in this podcast episode because we've been struggling with current events as well lately looking at the news and going okay this shit's fucked up what's going on and i know myself specifically i've been feeling very frustrated at a lot of my family and people that I know through social media, like old relatives and old acquaintances who are very on the opposite side of me. Um, I would say I'm on the more liberal side of things. And, and it's been very frustrating to see them try to defend this insurrection and this violence when a few weeks ago, when people were protesting Black Lives Matter, they're like, oh, this is Blue Lives Matter. And yeah. how dare they, you know, act out violently whenever George Floyd died. And people were obviously had had reason to be angry. Blue Lives Matter, unless unless it is redneck white folks who right? invaded the Capitol. Who are on building. the other side of the fence. And all of a sudden, an officer dying of blue life being lost is like, ah, you know what? 
Don't fuck. He was the, on the wrong side. The election was stolen from us. We're just trying to get our democracy yeah. back. All yep. of a sudden. We're fighting the, for our country. All of a sudden, the narrative switches. Black lives are like, we're fighting for our lives. And they're like, oh, I'm fighting for my idea that I want this guy in office, even though he lost. He, here's what's scary and existential to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that we can we can have these perceptions, mm-hmm. you know, and there is no other side. There is no people who think differently than I do. It's just we all have different perceptions and interpretations. It comes off as like these polar opposites. But yeah. honestly, it's what's fucked up about being human. The fact that we can all, for example, read the same Bible. Yeah, You can line 10 people up right now. Give them the King James Bible to read. Mm-hmm. All 10 of them will read the exact same passages you give them. And you ask them what they got from it. What it and, means. And it will all be different. We yeah. know it's just common sense that 10 people will walk away with 10 different interpretations to the words of God. Yeah. Words that should be absolute. Words that should not be open to any other interpretation. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, this is what's fucked up about the human experience. This is what's tough about being human. Mm-hmm. The fact that we can all have different interpretations to shit, but these interpretations then go on to create what we call life lived. It's what we look back on and call history. We all believe, truly believe that we have the moral high ground. And I think that's what this commenter is saying and what I've been feeling because there is a big part of me that wants to reach out to these family members and say, how dare you? How Curse can you the think this way? I don't even want to know you right now if you support this. Like, it makes me sick to my stomach to think that they support this culture and this reality. But at the same time, I know that they think that they have the moral high ground, that, that where they're coming from is from a place of integrity, a place of wanting the what's best for the world. And this is what I've always said is even fucked up when you go back to things like the Holocaust or the Crusades, horrible events in in our histories where one group, based on a moral obligation that they believed they had, Good wiped out hundreds and thousands and millions of people in an effort to do the right thing. I'm using quotations right there. But they truly believed it. They thought they had the moral high ground. And that's what's so scary is we can do despicable, evil, terrible things in the name of this is the right thing to do. So again, it goes back to the point that I've made. Perception. Mm -hmm. To say perception is reality is to not. Here's here's what scares me about the term Mm -hmm. perception. And here's what scares me about the whole philosophical idea and the movement we're trying to create is it's so simple, it's hard to understand. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of perception, you're not thinking of it in in this existential framework that you and I are trying to create, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are people who read the book. There are people who hear our ideas and go, oh, yeah, I get it. Perception. It's you simple. Know? It's basic. It almost sounds like a, a dumb idea because it's so simple. It's like saying the sky is blue. Well, no shit. Yep. But then I look at them and I go, no, you're not quite understanding what it is I'm putting down here. That every notion of what we call the life we live, the difficulties, the pain, the agony, 
the problems that we look back or we look at in humanity and go, man, these are big problems that we need to solve in human history. They're all mostly grounded in perceptions and interpretations that people are making. What becomes a conflict that I have to go rectify or work mm-hmm. through Absolutely. is created by a perception. That is that is life that I have to live. That is an agony that need not have occurred. Yeah. That is a pain that I will experience, like the, the, the wide array of emotions that come with dealing with somebody else's bullshit perception that Hitler could have a point of view that creates a fucked up reality for millions of Jews, mm-hmm. right? Or my boss can think something about me that creates a very different reality for me or- Yeah, you're fired, eh? You're fired, yeah. Or you and I can go to Torchy's Taco and the fact that I grew up in Nigeria where, you know, if you see a, a line, line for food, you're poor. you're poor and you grew up country redneck, where it's like you see a line for food and that, that shit's shit good. good. That shit good. And you and I are having a real life couples squabble and fight because because of a fucking perception. Fight, yeah, a silly yeah. fight, but a fight nonetheless. Right. Yeah. That's in the history of our marriage, that mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. But created by the interpretations that you and I had. This is what we call the human condition. This so- is fucked up. You and I were having a funny conversation uh, the other day, and I think this, in a weird way, uh, aligns with this conversation. And um, I think because, in reality, it's not one thing that people make a decision about. It's not like, hey, um, do you believe that guns should be outlawed or not? It's not as simple as that. There's a series of micro decisions and micro beliefs that people assume as truth. And then they make those larger, the macro decisions based on those micro decisions. And everyone, it's like once you have little like absolute truths in your head, they connect in such a way. It's like you can't make a new neural pathway to this other truth, even if it's a more direct link. Because you have all these other twisted links that you've already created. Right. I don't know if I'm, that's making sense or no. No, it does. Right I, now, I, but. I, in, in layman's term, we've said that the absolute truths are the parts of your belief system that are no longer subject to question. Yeah. When you tell people, "Oh, question everything," you see how that to most people sounds like common sense. Like, mm-hmm. "Oh, yeah, I question everything. I don't believe everything people tell me." And I'm like, "Well, slow down. Do you believe in God?" Are you a Christian? Are you a Muslim? Are you whatever the fuck you Mm want to call yourself? Are you proud to be black? Are you proud to be white? These are parts of, and if the answer to that is yes, these are parts of your belief system that you- It will influence other decisions and other beliefs. These are the beliefs you have that are not subject to question because to you, they're absolute truths. of the same thing. Like even saying, are you religious? Like people have very different interpretation of what that means. Does that mean I'm I'm Muslim, I'm Christian, I'm just spiritually influenced, I kind of sort of, I'm just agnostic, I'm not sure what to believe. There's so many layers in, in that could still be, yes, I'm religious- but not be what you intended. So this this is where I was going with this. So um, you and I both like spicy food, and we both like hot showers, mm-hmm. but in very different ways. So if you looked at me like, oh, you like hot showers? Yeah, I do. I like really hot showers. Oh, do you like spicy food? Absolutely. I love spicy food, but in different ways. Like you like the spicy that comes from like salsa spicy, like as hot as you can get a spicy salsa. You love that shit. 
I like a spicy salsa, but I prefer uh, wasabi. Like that kind of heat. I can't stand a spicy wasabi. You're not a, you're like barely any wasabi on yours. And very different spicy. types of heat and how we interpret our love for heat. But, and the same with the showers. Like I like a hot shower, but you like a really hot shower. Like I like my shower so hot, hot it burns my skin. Hell, that's one of the criteria in which we select an apartment to live in. Like <laughs> turn the shower on, how hot does this shit get? Yep. I never can take a shower after you because there's no hot water left. You can never take a shower with me. Cause <laughs> that's too. Fuck <laughs> going that's after it. me. <laughs> you and I are married 10 years, can't take showers together. It's like you got to turn it way down. I'm then not you're like, trying I'm to compromise. Out. It's I'm too cold. <laughs> but that's my point. If you just ask that straight question, do you like hot showers? Do you like spicy food? Absolutely. But then if you tried to feed me your spicy salsa or take a shower that hot, I would be miserable. I would be unhappy because it's not the reality, the connection that I've made in my brain with that truth. So when you ask someone like, do you believe in right and wrong or do you believe in democracy? They yes. say, yes, I believe in right and wrong. Yes, I believe. And in- if you just stop there, you would misinterpret exactly. every like, do you nuance believe in equal and rights? layer. Yes, I do. Do you believe in people's freedom of choice? Yes, I do. They. That's the problem that's so fucked up with America because people believe the ideals like we were talking about earlier. They believe we're a country of equal rights. They believe that we're a country of, of equal opportunity and no suppression. But when it comes down to it, they still want their reality to be the absolute truth, their version of truth to be that reality. And so there's a disconnect in what they believe is an ideal and what they believe is an actuality. And this difference is what creates what becomes the conflict, conflict, mm-hmm. reality, history, mm-hmm. life lived, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that makes the human condition very, very painful. So I want to double back on this idea that there is no such thing as an absolute truth. Which is your truth. <laughs> yes. And that you <laughs> absolute is an absolute truth. So absolute truths can't be true, but you have an absolute truth. And your absolute <laughs> truths are those parts of your life that are no longer subject to question. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I use this as the framework for this conversation. When you tell people the very cliche phrase, question everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone understands what that means. And they will swear before God and man that they question everything. <laughs> I know I don't. I'm way too passive for that shit. I'm like, go with the flow. You say that's true. All right. I believe you. But it goes deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Because to question everything is to put your beliefs at the altar Mm -hmm. of sacrifice. The altar of question. Yeah. Now, No one can truly keep an open mind. It's just impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible because you are defined by something. You are proud to be something, whether it's your race, your religion, your gender, your socioeconomic status. Whatever definition you are proud to be are those parts of you that are immune to question. Or even you just wear the those that definitions you feel like you proudly. can't change. The, feel, the things that you feel are just um, innate to who you are. You know, like it when I was overweight, I just felt like that was who I was. There was nothing I could do to change that. So I couldn't keep an open mind about being a different person because it was like, this is reality. This is my life. So okay. it's not always something that you're proud of. Sometimes it's just something that you feel stuck in. 
That's part of it too. That's part of it too. But again, this idea of... The thing you won't question. The absolute truth. The, The parts of you... That you are consciously, like there's parts of you or, or, or some truths that you consciously just have chosen to not question. And mm-hmm. there are the ones that you don't even know you're not questioning. And yeah. I'm speaking to those subconscious, like when I was a Christian, for example, this was a part of me that was just, oh, like my best attempts to question my Christianity still led me back to being a Christian. Mm-hmm. I look back now and realize that, no, that was really more confirmation bias, yeah. right? Like I can't use my faith. You were faith using your faith to question to your question faith. To question my faith. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to arrive at the same conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you use faith to prove faith or to question faith, you arrive at the same goddamn conclusion. You're stuck in the loop still. Yes. And it is important morally, I believe, for people to be, be certain about what they believe. So it's 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 kind of a tricky situation because while ideally we'd like people to keep an open mind, there's that quote like if you if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Mm-hmm. So it's important for people to know what they what what their truths are, what their absolutes are in that way because it'd be hard for people if, if you didn't, if you kept an open mind and said, well, maybe I don't believe that everyone is created equal and I think some people are better than other people, maybe. I'm going to keep an open mind about that. Maybe some people really are more valuable than other people. That kind of an open mind would allow you to let things go like murder or a holocaust or, or prejudice and racism in the streets. Because now you're like, well, maybe he deserved it. Maybe maybe it was justified. Maybe, you know, he really had it coming. And you allow for that little gray area because you haven't really stood for the idea that, no, fuck that. We're all equal. We all deserve that same treatment. Do Do you see my point? So you have to stand for something. You have to have absolute truth. But how do you do that and still keep an open mind? Because you might be on the wrong side of things. So this is you might have picked the wrong thing to stand for. So this was where, where, what I came to, and this is what I struggled with because mm-hmm. my solution to this whole perception problem, this human condition, was to be the verb and not the noun, which was to not have any absolute truths, or stay in this constant evolutionary process of always evolving your truth. Right. So I come to one truth. Yes, it's what I believe. But I, I know it's because there there's something I don't quite know yet, right? Like there's a piece of information that I possibly might be missing. So while this is my truth right now, I know this truth is subject to change and it could evolve. And then I, I came to what was the, the arrogance versus being arrogant, right? Like so your arrogance is those are the things you believe those are your absolute truths you cross over into being arrogant when you now start to evangelize that belief for other people or when your belief system creates any kind of harm to somebody else Mm -hmm. that's where like you have your right to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe like life existence is pain and whatever belief or perceptions you need to help you make through or get through this bullshit we call life, motherfucker, believe it. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. the point where you start trying to prescribe the drug, no. your medication, the shit that helps you make sense of life to somebody else, mm-hmm. that's where that's where it starts getting very tricky because you are invalidating somebody else's drug. So the whole concept of evangelism is 
kind of a fucked up idea, right? Like, if Jesus truly is God, Mm -hmm. you would never command your entire followers to evangelize their point of view (laughs) to other people who do not share that point of view. Any competent God will know this may not go down very, very well. You know what's so fucked up to me, and this is a little off topic here, but... What really pisses me off about this whole perception thing and just how extreme some people are and that they can't just Live agree to disagree. Leave. Yeah. Uh, what what pisses me off so much about this is I'm an inherently lazy person. Like, I don't like to think about all this complicated stuff. I just want to, you know, fuck, go to work, eat good food, sleep in. That's all I really want. Like you, I'm, you, I'm you a know basic what, Yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of them simple-minded folk. <laughs> I really... And then these fuckers making this shit so complicated. Like, uh, try, like you don't have to agree that gay people can get married to just leave them the fuck alone and let them get married. Like, you're not the one getting married. Like, no one is making a commitment but to is you. Your, it's not but it, impacting But it is your reality. absolute truth that, you know, gay marriage is wrong. So you will always... That's, if, well, even if, if that's you theirs. don't... But I'm saying, it, even if that was their reality, they could just look the other way, go back to their shit, that's and the point leave of an it absolute the fuck truth. alone. You can't just look away. Even when you're yeah, looking you away... Like, my absolute truth is that it's right, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go to every person who disagrees and go, you're a fucking asshole, I can't believe you're fucking like that, blah, blah, blah. I just, hey, that's your opinion. I think you're dumb, but I'm not going to go shit on you. Do you see my point? Like, some point. People, if just people would just leave shit alone. You still think they're dumb, though, so you can't look away. It's it's like the Trump people who think you liberals are dumb, can't look away, even though they don't kill you, or like the liberals who think the Trump people are dumb, can't look away, you don't go kill them, and then you get the extremist motherfuckers who want to like, you know, barge on the Capitol and shit. See, I think it's the extremist motherfuckers who screw it up for everybody, like the people in the, who just believe it, well, I could leave them alone, yeah, I could look away from that, I'm like... Okay, you know, there's always going to be dumb people. There's always going to be people who disagree with you or have different perspectives. They've lived a different life. They're on a different journey. As much as I would internally judge them, I'm not going to outwardly condemn them and say that they're terrible people. So what I'm saying is the internal judgment is just as bad as the external verbalizing the judgment. It's tomato, tomato. The difference is context. If I think somebody is a fool in my mind, I don't have to call them a fool. They are still a fool. If it's perceived, it's real. So I would disagree with that. I think there's a big difference between saying I don't agree with something and I don't like something and then going and bombing an abortion clinic because you disagree with something. Like there's two very drastic, like I don't agree. I didn't agree when Trump got elected president. I wasn't happy. I didn't go fucking storm the Capitol building. Those are extreme reactions. So disagreeing with someone isn't the problem. Being on opposite sides isn't the problem. Like you said, taking it out on other people physically with violence, taking it to an extreme place, to me, that's where the real problem is. Because people are so in that, I need to be right. I need to inflict my reality on everyone else. And I can't live in a reality that's not shaped over my truth. That, that it becomes very, very dark and twisted. 
I, I get you. I get you. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is the, the mere fact that a disagreement occurs mm-hmm. or, or that two people are not aligned on the same. Okay. Here's an example. Okay. Christians and Muslims, and let me use Africa because you, you can get the radicalism a bit better there. Mm-hmm. Christians and Muslims in Africa disagree fundamentally on like everything eternal. Okay. Okay. There are the radicals who will act on a lot of the disagreements and cause harm to other people. And then there are the ones who are just like, hey, yeah, I know you don't believe what I believe, but I'm not out there. I'm not I'm not a crazy person trying to kill or cause or cause harm to people. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is the disagreement itself just by existing causes riff. You don't have to be radicalized and you don't have to be radical. The disagreement itself by being present already speaks to what is fucked up about the human condition. The fact that we all cannot align on a universal truth. Again, I'll use this example. The fact that we can all look at the fucking sky, all read the Bible, and come out with different interpretations. Even if we don't go killing each other, by mere fact that the disagreement exists or different interpretations exist, it already sets the stage for what is already like riff in the society. It doesn't have to be the extreme of radical radicalism and harm to people. That that that's just all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not. I. I but I get your point, though. I, so I, I do. I do get what you're saying, and that this is the human problem that there's always perception, and which will always create a riff. Therefore, that reality of of conflict is always going to be present. So I I do understand what you're saying there, and that that's the human condition, and we're all going to be subject to that. Well, let forever. me say it this way one more time, if you'd allow me. What used to be the American superpower was our shared reality. For any culture that has ever like become a superpower, mm-hmm. there's a shared reality that the culture enjoys. We're all just drunk off the fucking Kool-Aid, whatever Kool-Aid that may be. That makes sense. Anytime you unify someone under a common the belief, enemy like of my enemy is usually, my friend, right? Yeah, when, when we, you're when going we, to war and we, you're united against that when war. We, when we, it's the same reason we know if aliens were to invade Earth today. Every movie, oh, we come together and unify. We know that is as close to world peace as we will get, is yeah. aliens invading us because all of a sudden now we, we have a common great conflict to yes find peace right that's my point just fucked up that's my point and that's what's fucked up about the fact that we do not enjoy a shared reality as human beings if there were a god <laughs> this is a very easy problem to solve but yet he chooses to not solve it and give human beings a shared reality what we are left with is this weird ability to make different interpretations. The only thing that's unique about being human is the fact that we can all make different interpretations to shit that we experience. This is what's like, in the TED Talk I said, this is the fundamental defect in being human. Yeah. And the fact that God in recalled humanity, like Toyota will recall you know, Hondas or not, Toyota would not be recalling a Honda, uh, a, a Corolla. 
<laughs> fucked up Corollas. Like when businesses make fucked up products, they recall that shit. When God look at us and be like, man, there's a lot of motherfucking perceptions out here that just lead into chaos. This. Recall these. Well, the Christians will say he did that with uh, Noah's Ark and the Great Flood. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't reset it right. He didn't reset it right. Same shit. <laughs> well, you get where I'm going? By yeah. virtue of perceptions existing, the chaos is all but happened. It doesn't have to physically manifest. Well, I don't know. I'm about to have a conflict with you because my drink is empty and this is some heavy shit. So I think we need to go remedy this conflict real quick. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Hey, happy people. Hope you're enjoying the tipsy philosophical banter between Deji and I so far today as we discuss the many ways in which perception is a bitch. We'd like to take this quick break to top off our tequila and remind all y'all bitches that you can submit your questions, comments, or topic ideas to our email podcast at gmail.com. You can also find the links to our PIAB book, merch, and Instagram in the links attached to this episode. All right, now that that bullshit's out of the way, and we've re-upped on our favorite inhibition-lowering, mind-expanding, and giggle-inducing substances. Let's get back to it. All right, what's up, happy people? Welcome back. I got a story for you. Mm, story time story story, story. story. <laughs> that's so, a nigerian custom for those of you yeah, not in the know when you're about to start telling you the folk tale. tell the tell the little tradition? tell folk tale uh, i'm not gonna yeah, bore do people it, do it, yeah, it. when you know when you're sitting by the by the fire on, mm-hmm. on the moonlight uh, you know, the African elders with the kids circled around him. Yeah. And you're going to start telling a folktale like a tortoise and a hare. Mm-hmm. Something, you know, about our culture from history and ancients past. You start, you look at the kids, the fire burning. You go, story, story. The kids go, story. story. Once upon a time, says the elder, and the kids go, time, time. time. <laughs> there lived a man in a land far, far away. His name yeah. was Beowulf. <laughs> and Beowulf was a strong man. A strong man. Yeah. That's and cute. the kids go, oh, I want to be Beowulf. Like, calm down, motherfucker. You got tiny arms. <laughs> All right. Tell us your story. Okay. So story, time, story. Time. Story. Once upon a time. Time, time. I was at work the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I had this coaching moment with, the uh with the team member mm-hmm. and it was i was watching an interaction he was having with a customer mm-hmm. and i was going to give him feedback after the interaction tell him what i liked and maybe tell him what he could have done differently or done better mm-hmm. and there was a moment where perception was a bitch in this coaching so i said hey you know, I really liked what you did with that customer you were very good you connected with them you engaged but Mm-hmm. I would have done this differently or, but tell me why you did this. And all of a sudden he got very defensive. He went from, 
like being open to coaching and open to feedback to uh-huh. all of a sudden defending and justifying why he had done what he did, yeah. what he did and the behavior that I was trying to correct, which is a common problem you have in management when you're trying to coach people. I've been through this myself many times. So I had, you know, usually when I'm in these coaching moments, I'll have my assistant kind of shadow the interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, some parts is for their learning, also for their development. And, and it's some part to maybe see if there was an opportunity for me to have coached better. Yeah. So about an hour later, he comes to me and he's like, hey, you know, I had a conversation with the team member and he loved your coaching and your feedback. But when you said, but it to him felt like everything you had said before that, before the but, mm-hmm. was all a lie. Like you created a shit sandwich is what I've heard it called. I created a bullshit story just to get to what I really wanted to get yeah, to. Yeah, because used to in coaching methods, they used to say like, oh, start in with something you like, then tell the something that you didn't like, and then end with something you liked. And that was like the normal coaching. But people learned very quickly that a compliment was almost forced because you were obligated to say something positive before you told them the reality of what they fucked up on. So well, it was a, called a shit sandwich. Or if you gave them a compliment and then now transitioned even if you didn't use the word but but just just transitioned into into coaching them on something they did wrong Mm -hmm. it negates everything you had said prior and in that moment i realized that this managerial coaching method that we have been taught to use for years Mm -hmm. was fucking flawed i've been known it was flawed but here was what i did though i recognized perception was a bitch yeah and if I didn't call it out and and recognize and call out the misperception, what I ran, the, the risk I was running into, I could have run into was credibility lost with this team member, mm-hmm. right? Which that would have been reality. That would have been life lived forever and ever. My time, his time at that location, we would have had. He's going to resent you. Yeah. Right. Which may ultimately lend to him maybe Bad performance, transferring out, quitting, conflict, all of it. Yeah. Whatever realities or life lift come from that. Mm -hmm. So I went up to him. I said, hey, look, I recognized that in our earlier conversation, I was giving you coaching feedback about everything I enjoyed. And I I use the transitional phrase that I recognize in hindsight now discredited everything it made it seem like i wasn't being genuine about what i loved about your interaction with that customer Mm -hmm. and i wanted to let you know that that was not my intent and i shouldn't have done that that way because i truly did like 99.9 percent of everything you did but i see how using that word but made it seem like I didn't. Like you were just pacifying him or yep. something. I was just making shit up. But to- also, also, you could look at the perception that this kid is so defensive that he took a simple butt and projected projected a meaning onto it that wasn't there. True. Instead of taking the whole coaching, it's like, okay, I got 99% positive reviews and one thing I needed to work on and and not and seeing not interpreting in that how he perceived it and really taking it for what it was because I've done this quite often where I would take an interaction or something that happened at work and like hey I think this happened am I reading too much into it and a lot of times you'd be like yeah you're you're reading too much into that but 
or that like phrase like so when we're i very say very sensitive sometimes when i say perception is the defect in being human mm-hmm. and god still ain't recall this shit <laughs> This, this is what I'm talking about, yeah. that this kid could have spun a narrative that could have cost him, Yeah. right? But at the end of the day, as, as his manager, my responsibility is to his development mm-hmm. and to create a balanced co- uh, workplace that has camaraderie in it. Absolutely. Right. You so, have to so be the I emotionally to take, mature I one. I had to be the emotionally mm-hmm. mature one and eat eat the shit sandwich on that one. So, but part of that emotional maturity is actually teaching the employee then to to not be so insecure that you would jump to the defensive. That was not the time or place. Not the time. Not the time. But that is now a lesson you know he needs to learn. Because in about six months. Yeah. When he when he's learned more trust, um, and it's a hard lesson to learn to understand that hey. Sometimes when we're insecure about ourselves and our work, we project that onto coaching and, and I don't know the history of trauma that's led him to that absolute mm-hmm. point of view. It yeah. could be in how his he's own triggered friends, by that butt yeah, word. He's trig- triggered by butt. <laughs> you know, so and and again for work I get purposes. triggered by butts, but it's a different reaction. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sarah with the butt jokes. <laughs> with, with the sexual innuendo. Triggered. Yeah. So when we look at these motherfuckers, we invade the Capitol building, and I know we're switching gears, gears here again. Yeah, I I find it hard to be mad at them. Really, I can lend you some of mine. I know, I know, I know, and I want to explain where I'm coming from with that. And for those who know us well. And I've heard me talk and speak enough times. You know where I'm going with this. If you're new, saddle up. This this shit show we call the human experience is a system in which we find ourselves. A lot of this is just human beings being the output of the system in which we've come to find that comes that that's come to define living. Mm-hmm. This perception. It's the process and the system in which we exist. We can't transcend it. We can't evolve beyond it. Like for human beings to evolve beyond the limits of perception is to become gods ourselves, is to become God. Like God, if he exists, is the only being that transcends perspective. He would just be the absolute truth because he would know what like there would be no interpretations to being god it's just all truth right but as human beings who are subject to this to this fuckery we call perception this is what you expect and i find it hard holding the individual human beings accountable without quite having a god holding or just holding the actual system itself accountable. And by system, I mean God or the universe or whatever the fuck you want to call it, that created this ability or inability for human beings to align on what is fucking true. So that was a long ramble there. So, and I, I even I found myself kind of getting a little lost in, in the nuances of what you're saying. So unpack um, it. So, I just gave you a shit sandwich. Unpack it. <laughs> What I think you're saying is Woman that... Woman, explain us. 
That is not a fucking thing. It will catch on. It won't. <laughs> because of me. If I will by go woman's down. plane you mean be right, then yes. <laughs> I will go down in history as the guy who patented woman's plane. No. You will have women across the world hate you forever. Hey, okay. Unless you turn it into maybe, a Maybe for once, men now have a term woman's to explain everything like... their wife be trying. Oh, yeah, there you go. Just woman's plane me, honey. <laughs> Correct your your fuck up. That's what that <laughs> shit is. That's what a woman's plane is. All right, is. so let, let's unpack what was just a rant there. So I, I what I think I'm hearing you say is, is kind of like... Um, in South Africa, when they had the apartheid, you didn't want to hold the individual white racist necessarily accountable when they were only conforming to the society in which they were raised and lived in. More so, you want to put on trial the actual culture itself that allowed such transgressions to, to exist. Yep. So in the same level, we're saying that humans can't be held accountable for their perception, more so the I'm reality not saying, that I'm exists. I'm not saying they cannot. I'm not saying they should not. I'm just saying there's a, there's a layer, there's a first layer of accountability that needs to occur before we start having these like second layer conversations. So this is where, where I have to kind of go back to what I was saying earlier is I think for one, people should be, I, I understand and I, I concur that reactions and perceptions are are part of the human experience and existence and we are stuck with that reality. And there's nothing we can do to, to create a, this utopic world where we're all aligned and everyone just believes the same shit. So the only reality that comes close to that is where we can agree to disagree and agree to believe different things and live in peace without bombing each other, shooting each other, choking each other, hating each other because we believe things that are different. Here's what's he tough he about that. Well, let me finish my thought Go real ahead. quick, if you don't mind. Um, so on that, just to build on that, I do acknowledge that even in that reality, there is a level where violence is almost always still integrated in because I am thinking in a, a culture where slavery existed, where it was considered the norm and acceptable and even morally okay, or when child brides were morally acceptable and okay. These are realities that even if it's the norm and everyone's aligned on it, the few people who deep down know it's not have a moral obligation to stand up and speak up so that they can change that reality so this is the problem why people always feel like they're on the moral right side is we understand that there are situations in where what is considered the norm and what's considered lawful is still wrong and we stand up for those those moments and we stand up for that change and often that that is a fight it does get bloody but we know we're fighting for what's right until but what's right becomes the new wrong. Everyone thinks that's the problem. Everyone thinks that they're fighting for what's right. And that's and it's my point. very, very it, it actually just not even hard. It's impossible for across the board everyone to agree on what is right and wrong. So it, it's a full circle problem. It's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg? It, you'll never find a resolution. So I'm saying that the defect in humanity is that we all can't have a universal truth, right? We don't have 
we can't all come to the same conclusions, even though we all consume the same media and material. Yeah. But if we did, the same motherfuckers would say, oh, you know what? That means society, if we're all aligned, are just a bunch of mindless, spineless, thinkless beings. What's the point of existence then if we're all the same? If we're all the same We're living the exact same reality. Right. So we've come to hold up as virtue these differences in points of views as what it means to be human. And unique. And and I'm saying that is that is the fucking I don't I don't want to call it the root. It's it's the it's the layer which I'm at right now trying to get to the root <laughs> cause of this fucking problem. I, I don't think but, it's something that we can solve. I think I think the conversation It's virtue should be to not think alike. The I think the conversation needs to be again to to be more open minded, to have more empathy. And more respect. And I think that's even going back to our commenter. That was the part he made at the end that it was so powerful because it makes you pause and say, hey, I know what I believe, but I may need to pause and have a little empathy and have a little respect for my common man. Because while I don't agree with their perception, I know that they are most likely coming from a place of integrity. And trying to find that common ground to bridge the gap, to reach across the aisle, as they say in politics. And I think that for as long as human beings hold it as virtue, our differences. Their identities, yeah. Our identities. Think about it. I am proud to be black. I am proud to be, to be white. American. I am proud to be American. I'm proud to be human. Right, like there's a song that is playing in my head right now. It's like, my name is human, you know, like, you remember that song? Mm-mm. Either way, it was a song, and, and I get when people do this, because I get the intent behind the song. It's to say, hey, we're all human beings, right? Like, I'm not my race, I'm not my gender. I'm strip not my, away the nouns. Yes, yeah, strip away these definitions, these perspectives. But then in the same breath, they give you a universal perspective, which is human. Because if aliens, again, show up, all of a sudden <laughs> it's human versus aliens. Yeah. You've seen the movies. Conflict still exists right? now. <laughs> By definition, a definition breeds separation. It breeds conflict. And that's what I mean by it doesn't have to become a bloodbath for it to still have the potential to get there. Just by existing differences existing and it being a virtue and then we feed ourselves this bullshit of oh we should all learn to live with our differences and all that again i think the only way the only step or option we have is to live and let live like as long as the aliens coming are not trying to kill and wipe us out you don't know that we can't i'm I'm saying as long as they aren't i watched arrival we don't know that (laughs) just by them showing up and being here we assume that these motherfuckers are we here to colonize. Conflict. That's my because point. Because it's what we would do. <laughs> it's my point, though. It's my point, though. You're making my point. No, you're making my point. Okay. <laughs> <Perception>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe that is the point. <laughs> we'll never agree. This is it. Perception is a fucking bitch. Man. If you like what you heard, Leave us a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you get your podcast on. Come on, man. You know uh, this perception thing is the human condition. Let we them have no star shared us reality. whatever. 
I think they it's won. five stars. <laughs> Their reality That's might your be perception. <laughs> we don't have all the solutions to the human condition. Would love to hear your thoughts and get your perspective. Hell, that's what's fucked up about being human is that we all got different perspectives. We all got thoughts. Some of ours <laughs> is just better than others, right? <laughs> we appreciate you guys. And we might see you next time. <laughs>